I'm loving the conversation on how to find your spark. That's something that people don't even know what the word spark means. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for being here, Simon. How are you today? I'm doing great. So good to be with you. So good to see you too. Like I know we were supposed to do this a couple of times back, but you know there's always perfect timing for everything. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. For yes, sure. sir. I want people to know more about you, who you are, what you do, and just give people an insight so that we can also, you know, connect. Yeah, my purpose is to spark listeners to think and lead themselves, countries, companies, and communities differently. Mm. That's why I wake up every single day to help people spark that brilliance that's in them. Wow. And how long has this been going for you? Oh my goodness, it's been an 18 and a half year journey uh, in teaching people all over the world. Oh my goodness. I think today's information that's coming out from you is going to be so impactful. I'm always excited to hear the gems that are coming out and, you know, giving people something to think about, especially in a new month and a new week. Yes. Yes, sir. I would love to know, how does a person identify their spark in life or business? What is the what is the thought process? So the first thing, it really starts with three questions. And these are the three questions that I ask myself. And after I answered them, I quit my job at Disney because I realized I had to go for it and not just answer the questions, but execute on the answers. So question number one, what would I do if no one paid me to do it? If you always do something for money, you will be chasing a promotion. You will be chasing customers. But if you do something because it's your flow, it makes you come alive. Then you answer the second question, what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? Because if failure is it, is is that the worst that can happen? So how do you fail up, fail forward, fail through? Because failure is not final, it's only feedback. And then the third question in the words of Howard Thurman, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs are people who come alive. That's how you spark your brilliance. Wow. I love that. It definitely means that people have to be in that space of mind. They need to be in that mentality to actually think that way. But because of the way life treats us, sometimes we may not feel that way all the time. So is there a way someone can get out of that paradigm shift and still think about creating that significance for themselves? Yeah, it first starts with celebrating what's right about you instead of what's wrong with you. And celebrating what's right is simply writing down in a gratitude journal, what are you most grateful for today? And then what are you thankful for today? And that gives you the boost to say, wait a minute, it's not that bad after all. And then the second thing is, what can I do a little bit better tomorrow than I did yesterday? And it's putting one foot in front of the other to get that positive momentum, one step, one foot, one one opportunity reaching into the future. And then the third thing is finding those who are in your life and say, what is it that I do really well? And now they have to know you. So you're asking them to become a quick focus group, to put a mirror in front of you, to reflect back when you say, when you do, how you roll, that's when you're at your best. And you need this type of dialogue to unlock you from the inside out. 
I think you mentioned something strong there, and that's focus group. That's a keyword for me. Because when you think about brands, when you think about qualitative analysis, people focus on those groups to make sure that they have a nice experimental platform or prototype that's going to help them launch. But sometimes those focus groups could be wrong. Those focus groups could be offset. Those focus groups could be the wrong target. So how do you make sure that the people that you're focusing on are the right people for what you need? Who are the people that know you and have rolled with you for a while they know you professionally or personally they've seen you at your very best and perhaps at your worst now here's something you said something very important people don't see you as you are they see you as they are so in getting feedback from a focus group you have to be discerning is someone projecting their own stuff onto me or is this someone that i really trust who knows me and is not going to blow smoke up my leg, but it's going to give me the honest truth. And then I can discern if this truth is something that I can move on or at least act on and learn from. Exactly. And I, and I think the best way to do that is by understanding and leveraging what you do on a daily basis. You know, I got to hear some time back and from a famous person that, when you decide to do at least three things a day, that kind of populates on its own. Three things could be brush your teeth, eat your food, take the trash out. Those are three things. But imagine taking those three things with actionable steps. How does that play into somebody's habitual lifestyle and how they're actually living on a daily today basis? Yeah, so what I've discovered, you don't decide the future. In the words of Mike Murdoch, you don't decide the future. You decide your habits and the habits decide the future. The secret to literally living from the inside out and finding that spark is hidden in the daily routine. Mm. So how you start the day determines the day. And it's creating that list to your point. What am I gonna accomplish today? And then is it priority? Is it a nice to do? Is it a have to do? Is there's a difference between being busy and being effective? Yeah. How is this particular habit going to move me closer to my goal? So let's just give an example. If you want to save twelve hundred dollars between over the next year, that means you got to put one hundred dollars away every month. But then you may have to start with twenty dollars a week and or, or twenty dollars over five weeks. But it's the habit of over five weeks. I'm going to have a hundred dollars and I'm going to move towards my goal. It's the little things that become a lot over a long period of time. And some people just need to get momentum to get going. I also think some people are afraid to ask for what they want. What do you think about that? I was afraid to ask. (laughs) I was afraid to ask for, for many years. And what I recognized, my father told me that the best hand that will feed you is the one at the end of your wrists. Mm. I'm going to say that again. The best hand that will feed you in any economy is the one at the end of your wrist. My father told me, my father was an immigrant from Jamaica some 60 years ago. He picked oranges in Mount Dora, Florida, broke his contract, moved up to Perry, New York, where he picked apples, taught himself how to read by reading the Bible. And one of the things he shared with me is the best hand that will feed you is this one. The world does not owe you anything. So you have to find a way to get up off your blessed assurance every single day and do the work. Mm. 
Exactly. Doing the work is actually the best way to find your your truth because even without faith, if like you can have faith and not work and expect something and it doesn't happen. Just because that action was not there, that was a missing link. So it's that productivity, it's that consistency, it's that patience. And some people are not patient enough to get what they want. They're just, you know, hit it and quit it. They're, they're right there. <laughs> they move to the next thing. But you realize that finding your spark is very important for creating that need for your future. So what would you say are the top five People say human skills, and and I love Simon Sinek. He said human skills as opposed to soft skills. So what would you say are your top five skills that will be needed in the future? And this goes across every platform. Okay, so the top five skill sets needed, and I'm going to back this up with research from LinkedIn that has determined the top five skills needed by 2025. Skill Mm. number one, creativity. The ability to see what others don't see. Some people are afraid of artificial intelligence, autonomous cars, automation, Alexa, all of the A's, and obviously robots to throw an R in there. But something that the uh, robots don't have is creativity. So skill number one, creativity. Skill number two, adaptability, the, the opportunity to flex, be nimble, shift, go with the flow, change on a dime. A cheetah is the swiftest hunter in Africa. A cheetah can reach up to 60 uh, 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 miles per hour in 20 seconds, just like that. Then it can shift. So the adaptive person is shifting. Third, collaboration, working well on teams, playing nice in the adult sandbox understanding you don't have to be right you can learn from others you don't have to lead with a title you can lead without a title collaborating saying here's what i bring to the table but how do i create a surround sound of learning from everyone else in the room Mm. when you are collaborative you don't have to be the smartest person in the room you have to read the room and say what is um that i'm going to take my cup and draw off from the well of the brilliance all around me so it's recognizing that sometimes you can have an eight by ten mindset but when you get into a collaborative space of 50 by 60 thinkers it pulls you up skill number four the ability to present public speaking persuasion think on your feet yes we know public speaking is the second greatest fear after death but if you can think on your feet people will pay you to think not just to speak and then the fifth skill is emotional intelligence. Dr. Dan Goldman's work, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. So emotional intelligence is I'm so self-aware that I understand the same letters that spell the word listen, spell the word silent. Mm. So when I'm emotionally intelligent, I listen to understand instead of listening to respond. And when I listen to understand, I am learning through the listening and there are three levels of listening. I'm listening with my ear, but then I'm listening with my heart, and then I'm listening between the sentences. So when I'm listening between the sentences, I'm listening for what's not being said. Mm. And when I have that type of emotional intelligence, I can show up in a room and my presence, virtual room, physical room, my presence literally begins to vibrate in the room because I understand that I'm so congruent and emotionally in tune with where I am, I have no need to impress you. Don't you think that the confidence comes from the voice and from the inability 
to understand that what you have within you is what you can bring out to the table. Absolutely. Your confidence is everything. And your confidence sometimes speaks louder than words. Yeah. Because you show up and people know if you believe in what you're saying. I heard Kirk Carr, uh, a gospel artist, say years ago to songwriters, if it doesn't move you, it's not going to move anyone. So, so if your presence doesn't move anyone and you're just trying to fit in, go along to get, get along, people will sense that you're not confident. And when you don't know who you are, you give people permission to treat you any way they see fit. Exactly. And public speaking is a big thing, especially now with Clubhouse as as a big thing that everybody's talking about. And people are staying on Clubhouse for 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 hours. And if you realize some people don't even go on stage, some people don't even host a room, some people don't even commoderate, some people don't even write notes, people don't have that activity, but they're there. So you realize that sometimes people will say, okay, the excuse is I'm an introvert. Okay, that's fine. But when you think about creating that connection, which is what you've mentioned now, what is that top skill out of the five when you think about emotional intelligence that connects them all together to bypass what you're actually feeling within and caring about what you actually bring out to people who need it the most at that very time? Yeah, I think it's it's probably emotional intelligence. Uh, EI is probably one of the most important. Next to that, uh, the ability to understand public speaking or persuasion. Yeah. Because uh, it's your voice that leads to freedom. Mm. When you don't have your voice, you are confined to the straight jacket of whatever people put you in. So when you understand your voice and you're emotionally aware, emotionally in tune, understanding that your tone, your phraseology, how you show up in the world speaks volumes, how you're dressed, how you connect, the word choice that you use. People are sizing you up based on the lexicon that they hear coming out of your mouth. They're deciding if they want to continue your conversation. And when you're emotionally aware, I don't have to do all the talking. I understand how to be interested instead of interesting. Mm. So those two are tied together. I like that. And it makes a lot of sense now because even a place like Clubhouse, just to reference one more time, I Uh see that when you're on stage, it's better to shine a light on somebody else that's on your stage with you rather than to shine your own light because sometimes people can tell off the energy like i can be on stage and i can feel like this person is talking too much or this person has not said anything now i don't even know who's talking (laughs) so when you think about creating that resilience and understanding that when someone says thank you for speaking thank you for bringing your point to the table how does that make one feel especially when they know that they're doing something right They know that you're in service to humanity and not service to self. They know that you're moving from me to we. They get that it is about them, not just you. So the more you can be very intentional to shine the spotlight on someone else, it actually makes you look better and smarter. Mm. Mm. Smarter is the word. It's the word. And you mentioned Disney earlier, and I know that was like a quick jump, but I want to bring you back a little bit and just ask, because of that move that you make, because of that executive decision that you made, what would you say was your greatest failure as a leader at Disney? Being full of myself, having ego, edging goodness out, uh, thinking the color of my skin, 
Uh, I had all that my ancestors had gone through and I didn't ask for help. So I had people who didn't look like me who wanted me to succeed, but I couldn't get out of my way to ask for their help so that I could thrive. And when I finally did, it, it was almost too late and Disney was about to fire me uh, because I did not have the right disposition. I was so full of myself. I had just moved from Atlanta and I was like power to black people. And I didn't understand when you go into a white corporation, you have to assimilate to understand the culture before you can raise your hand and say power to the people. You gotta do the work and post some results to get some street cred and not walk around being the angry black man like you've got all the answers and I'm gonna show y'all what to do. It's probably one of my greatest failures. And I have obviously changed during that time. <laughs> and I mellowed out and yeah. I grew. And what I recognized, I had to let go of the need to be right and to hold on to my warped thinking. And I had to simulate, but not lose my authenticity of who I am, that uh, how I was raised, but figure out how to meld and become a chameleon to get things done. I think sometimes too, when you mention this, it's like sometimes people will see you and they'll size you before they say anything. But yes. now I feel like when you do say something, the size gets smaller and then they'll now see you differently. So when you think about creating that impression, especially from a corporate level, how can companies give a hand up instead of a hand out? I think the first thing companies can do is whenever you recruit a person that is a diverse candidate, black, Hispanic, Asian, put them with a buddy who understands the rules of engagement, preferably someone who's maybe from the majority race who also needs to be educated as well about the power of inclusion. Mm. So give them a buddy system because the reason sometimes, and I don't speak for all black people because everybody that looks like me does not speak for me or think for me. So what I'm about to say is very opinionated. The reason sometimes people of color do not last in an organization is because there are rules and there are unwritten rules. And it's generally the unwritten rules that are not in the employee handbook that really drive how things are done. And if you do not know how the game is played, you will be on the sideline. You'll never get a chance to get in the game and you'll never get a chance to show your skills because somebody didn't show you. Guess what? Here's how you get off the bench. Here's how you work the system. Here are the things you don't know. Yes, if you get an invitation to join somebody over the weekend for a birthday party, that's where the relationships are built. And what happens sometimes to black people is they don't have relationships beyond Monday through Friday, nine to five, outside of the office. And that's how people are promoted because they have focused on the weekend to work those other relationships. So give them a buddy system to say, here are the rules of engagement. Here's how you can literally build your career. Because I was only going to stay at Disney for 90 days because I was so confused. I didn't know how to get anything done. And the HR recruiter called me and says, let me connect you with a couple of guys. And she connected me with Jim and Brad. And what would have only been 90 days turned out to be seven years because they taught me the rules of engagement. Mm. Here's how you work the Disney system. Mm. So I think it all boils down to corporate community guidelines. What are the objectives? What are the 
the things that people are able to actually understand when you're connecting with them. And it feels better when someone can actually relate to you when they can see you in pure plain sight. Like they are able to understand that this is where you're coming from. This is what you're saying. This is your objective. This is your mission. And you're able to analyze that through your vision and tell them that, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I'm looking forward to. But sometimes people don't think that the significance does not apply when they're not really successful because people are like, you're not really significant. I didn't see you yesterday, you know? So you'll be thinking like, where can I find my safe balance and navigate the system between success and significance? How do you correlate the two? Yeah, I think it's first of all, realizing that Success is great. You achieve a result. Yeah. But significance is when you leave an imprint on those that you're working with. So every day, ask yourself, is today about success or is today about significance? And if it's about significance, and I hope it is, it's always looking to be in service to another. Uh, when I understand to be in service to another, uh, there's something that Emory University calls the helper's high. So when I help someone Uh, the reward centers in my brain begin to light up almost as if I'm on the receiving end of what I've just given. Mm. And they call it the helper's high. So significance is I want to get high every day to be in service to another because when I am helping someone else, I'm ultimately helping myself become a better human being. Exactly. And I think the best thing to put out there is when you are able to understand the difference between giving and adding value rather than just taking and experiencing that value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of my greatest failures is that often I've showed up uh, early on to say, what can you do for me instead of what can I do for you? Mm. And and then taking the time not to have to over talk you or out talk you to get my point across, but to sit and listen to say, this is the teachable moment. Where's the opportunity to really um, uh, give so that I can receive? But, you know, some people don't really think that way. It's, I know. it's just a, I don't know. It's just a hard truth, because if I say, what can I do for you? It's like now I'm at your mercy. Now I'm like. Now, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm fine. And it's not, la- it's not that way. I think if people are able to really understand that, first of all, the person they're talking to has to be in the same mindset, speaking the same language or speaking the same kind of vibe that makes me want to actually stay with you. Because you may have a client, for example, who is terrible, but is paying you. And you may have someone that is amazing and is not doing anything. But at the same time, you think about connecting those two dots and you realize, What can I do to help this person? What can I do to solve this problem? And not everyone's like that. Maybe they just had a bad day. Maybe it was just not the right time to meet. But sometimes that first impression really matters. There are some relationships I've had that I've stretched over years, 10 years, 15 years, just because of that one interaction. So I think for me, I value relationships more than money. And I'm able to understand that this is what lights my fuel. I'm able to understand because if somebody's giving me their time of day, it means that I'm valuable in some type of way, but people yes. don't get to see that. Are you able to like see how that connects with people who don't even want to give themselves out as time management? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm able to see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking also too, if you think about richness, 
in 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 self as well what would you say is the richest place in the world i know this is a crazy off-topic question but now that we're talking about significance what do you think where do you think is the, the richest place in the world and why so my mentor dr miles monroe one of my mentors said the richest place in the entire world is the cemetery People who took their talent, their potential, their genius, their books, their music, their art, their entrepreneurial idea to the grave with them because they did not have hope to cope. They Mm. didn't believe in themselves. So the richest place in the entire world is the cemetery. And I think the reason sometimes people don't move off the dime is because they see what's happening in the world and they play small, they shrink, they say, who, me? Really? No, you're kidding me, I don't have money. It's not about money. I heard Les Brown say years ago, where the money is coming from is none of your business. The moment you start to move into action with your idea, money will find you. So sometimes, and there's somebody listening to us right now, you need money for the idea. Uh, and, and, And you say there's richness in me and you wanna die empty. You don't wanna die having your brilliance in you. But here's the deal, where the money is coming from, uh, you don't need money, you need need a relationship. Mm -hmm. And the relationship will bring you the money. So go through your, your contacts right now, look at your phone. Who are critical relationships that somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that can give you a connection or a hookup. Okay, then if you put it that way, then what if... Think about it. We're in a virtual society right now. We're in a, in a digital world. I mean, we've always been, but I think last year was when it really like came, it, like it dawned on us that, yeah, we're in a digital world today. So some yeah. people will be like, I mean, I can't see anybody. There's nobody five miles away. You know, people say, oh, I don't have a mentor, but your mentor could be a book. So when you think about creating value, what would you say somebody that has an idea to stand out should do first? before they actually reach out to that person that they want to help? Find out if there's other people's, uh, other people have done the idea. Uh, we've often heard the old adage that success leaves clues. So find out from those who've already been there, done that, got the t-shirt, number one. Mm. Number two, does it solve a, a problem? When I look at Shark Tank and many of the pitches that are made on Shark Tank, the ones who always get funded have found a way to solve a problem because they saw what others didn't see. So in bringing something to market, what is it that you see that others don't see? And it's a demand, there's an opportunity for it. Uh, I think the third thing to be very mindful of is so many people say, I gotta have a business plan, I gotta have a strategy. And here's what I know to be true, after 18 years of doing this as an entrepreneur, five reinventions, throw the business plan away because the moment you create it, there will be a pandemic that comes out of nowhere that will wipe everything off the table (laughs) and you have to flex and shift and go with the flow. So get out there, bump your head, make your mistakes, get back up, dust your knees off and say, okay, that didn't work. What about this? What about that? So the most important question is, is there a better way? What can I do instead of what I can't do? Those are the two questions that will be the impetus of your business plan. Because if you say, I'm going to be here in a year, in three years, it's not going to happen. So many people are on at night selling get rich quick schemes and buy this and buy that and nothing against them. If they want to do that, that's fine. But here's what I know to be true. You don't get rich overnight. You get rich over time. 
after you put the work in, then you look up 10, 15, 20 years and there's a harvest because of what you invested when no one was looking up at two, three o'clock in the morning, sowing into your dream. So slow down, even in the accelerated future and say, what can I do? Who can I serve? Now, you mentioned something about the business plan and it, it got me thinking because I have a business plan. I've always restructured my business plan and now I can see it happening for me. But now when you say I should throw away the business plan, it's like, okay, so I'm going back to the drawing board <laughs> all over again. But now I think I think about what you said in context to writing it down and making it plain, just like it was said in Habakkuk 2.2 2, and being intentional about what you want you know even god said ask and you shall you shall receive you know and if you don't ask for something you don't receive it but sometimes people don't even want to write down that idea they have in their heads because they're like oh i want to be a millionaire tomorrow i want to be a billionaire next year i want to be a trillionaire before i'm 50 you know like people think about all those things but that value of the the asset is not in you it's in it's through you that people actually get to see your value so when you think about people putting those things into perspective i like how you mentioned that they have to be intentional about their practice but again some people don't even know what to be intentional about so how, how can they tackle that so let me just say this i am not saying don't plan all right i have a business plan what I'm saying is don't get tied to it. Yeah. Because as soon as you're tied to it, it will change. All right. So for those that are saying, okay, I've got something. I know what I think I want to do. Do your research. Ask questions. Find out everything you can know. Decide, okay, if this doesn't work, what's plan B, C, D? Always be moving. But try something. Get up off the seat and get into the game. This is the opportunity to say, you know what? What if? And it's the what if that becomes the catalyst for everything. Mm. Now, you mentioned something about community and, and staying consistent with people around you who are as successful or more than successful, more successful than you. Sorry. So now we're talking about customer service. And this is not even from a from a recreational point of view in terms of like restaurants, parks, you know, feeling good movies, Disney, you know, all that good customer service and everything. It's great. But there's also a difference between customer service and customer love. And people don't know about that love sequence. That is very important, which is the the dying effect (laughs) of why we need to be active in every service that we're doing, showing love to people that we do respect. Even if we don't respect them, we have to show some value of respect in some way. So what would you say is the correlation between those two? So customer service is a department. Customer love is a mindset. So point in case you go through a fast food drive through and the person says, might take your order. But there's no warmth, there's no excitement, there's no joy, even as they take your order, because you're just another transaction. That's Mm. customer service. But what if they say, and your name is, and thank you so much for coming to see us today, and come again soon. We're talking a two to three minute interaction. How difficult is it to create that customer love moment of just caring? Now, love might be a bit far-fetched for everyone that's listening to us, so let me say it a different way. Caring and serving is the new selling. Do you care? Do you just give a care 
about me for as a human being even for those two to three minutes of that interaction that i have by just asking my name i've been self isolated i've been quarantined in place and i'm dealing with loneliness burnout mental just mental stuff happening so just to take a moment to hug people with our words to care simply says how are you today thank you for coming is there anything else we can do to serve you how difficult is that that's customer love that's a big difference and i think every corporate company should adapt to that strategy and practice because some people just don't care and it's fine but i understand that you won't last long either you know that, that that's just the truth of the matter if you're not serving you won't be served and it boils down to how you're able to create that intentional practice for yourself but also you also realize that you know people have cultures people have communities people have traditions so is there a way they should break out of that traditional mindset or should they stick to that traditional mindset and then adapt to whatever is they're conforming to I think that's to start with and say if what I'm doing today is it getting me what my what I want and if not why not and what am I willing to do differently mm. then decide what is that habit and behavior as we talked about a moment ago that you're going to implement every single day like getting up to go to the gym or going walking or drinking water or eating properly what is that one action item that you are going to take advantage of that day to change your future now if you're saying living in your tradition works for you that's absolutely fine and this is a judge free zone we have uh, no judgment about your life but what happens here's what i know to be true the opportunity or the breakthrough swings on the door hinges of frustration and being flustered the door of tomorrow will never open for you until you reach frustration and being flustered. Those are the hinges that the door sits on. And the moment you say, I'm done and my life is worth more, then all of a sudden you push open the door to a better future because you're tired of being stuck in the hallway to nowhere. You know, every problem has a solution, but nobody knows how to solve it without being laser focused on the problem. Because some people think, this is a big problem. I don't want to deal with it. I'll put it to the side. Box it out. 42 weeks later, 52 weeks later, it's a whole new year. Now, when you're thinking about creating that intentional practice for yourself as a business, as a, as a brand, because I also talk about personal branding and how people see us. If I call you today and say, hey, Simon, you know, Simon said this. If, he's, if, if somebody's smiling that I'm talking to them about you, then that says a lot about how you made them feel the first time they interacted with you. Even though you've never seen them, all these celebrities, you know, we hear about them. People feel great when they hear those names, but sometimes there's some names you hear like, uh, I don't want to deal with that today. So what makes you stand out when you're doing those things intentionally when people are not watching you? I think what makes you stand out is your character. Okay. Uh, character's not built when the bright lights are on. Character's built behind the scenes. Uh, we've often heard how you do everything is how you do everything. So when you are off camera, when you are doing what you do, what are you reading? What are you listening to? How are you feeding your soul? Because that determines how you show up. I think the next thing to think about when you do show up in the world, how you stand head and shoulders of above everyone else 
is that you listen more and talk less because when you talk less, you don't have the need to fill the space with hot air, but you give everyone the permission to show up their 100% authentic self. And then you're just surveying the room, you're reading the room, you're making a mental note, you're gaining intel that will be used later. And then all of a sudden people begin to know that you have found your inner Neo, that you are the one because you just showed up to serve the moment, not looking uh, with having your hat in hand to see what you could get. Right, exactly. And and this is something I want someone to take in today and take an actionable step. Now, I love your background. Let me start by saying that because I just love the books and how it's so, it's so brilliant. And now I'm thinking in terms of books, novels, you know, stories, things, storytelling, captions, what would you say for someone today is an actionable step? And what is the book you would recommend them to have today by search? I would go and get the book, Release Your Brilliance. Uh, I wrote the book, Release Your Brilliance, at a time when I thought I needed to have white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes to succeed in America. And I wrote that book from a deep place because my mentor said to me, you weren't born to fit in, you were born to be brilliant. And no one had ever validated or affirmed to me that I had brilliance because at 14 years of age, I had uh, went to a high school, flunked all the classes, went out for sports, got cut and attempted suicide by 15, I'm still here. But I wrote Release Your Brilliance to say, here's how you find your brilliance when your zip code does not speak to your potential. Mm. Release Your Brilliance. I like that. Brilliant. That's a very brilliant point you actually brought out there. Because now it takes away the whole uncertainty of tomorrow and focuses on your today. You know, even my my father has always told me, yeah, tomorrow is always going to come. But today is what you need to focus on, because tomorrow when it does come and you're not prepared, you're on your own. And that's the worst thing you you can ever feel lonely. You don't want to be that person. So I, I think in terms of creating community, being intentional, being on social media, personal branding, sometimes people actually just see you and they hear and they just want to work with you. You've not even pitched to them. You don't even tell them what your business is, but they want to work with you because you're so full of light. But some people just don't know how to bring that light out of them. Is there a way that they can actually practice on a daily basis and tell themselves, whether it's through daily affirmations, whether it's through reading the word of God, whether it's through being intentional with what they're hearing, how they're perceiving their day to day, you know, the five people that are around you determines who you are going to be tomorrow. So how do you focus those energies on making sure that you're still sticking to the plan? I think getting up tomorrow morning and saying, where's the low hanging fruit opportunity, which is a cliche and sometimes overused, but where's the opportunity that I can make a difference today in a person, in a community, in a business for my family? How can I make a difference? in serving, being in service to others, asking where I see a need and I fill it, where the void of the world is, and you, and you fill that void, that moves you one step closer to your purpose. Let me just say this, everybody's talking about purpose and purpose is not something out there in the ether. Purpose is doing what's in front of you every single day, a little bit better than the day before. Mm. That's your purpose. I love that. I love that. Wow. This has been a masterclass for 
<laughs> to 2025 and beyond. Definitely. And I love the podcast world because you can always tune into this. You can always listen. You can always enjoy yourself. But at the same time, you have to take notes. You have to take action. You have to take that step forward. You know, baby steps. Don't don't just jump over a cliff. Understand how high is that cliff. You know, understand those things that really make your day different from somebody else's day, which really makes a big significance. Like you said, that's amazing, Simon. I'm learning too, and I'm really appreciative of you being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be with you. Yeah, definitely. And I want people to get to reach out to you. How is how can they reach you? How can they talk to you? What's the best form of communication that yeah. is good for you? Simon T. Bailey, T like terrific, Simon T. Bailey.com. And it's Simon T. Bailey.com. My website, Simon T. Bailey throughout social media. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Simon. This has been amazing. I'm looking forward to having you back here. And definitely your brilliance is going to take you forward for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.